This is Everyday Being, our podcast series bringing to life how a simple change in our understanding of how we live, how we think, how we feel, can have a significant impact on our happiness and our well-being. And in each episode, we start with a topic that looks at being in a different way, and then we share examples of how being impacts us day in and day out. Steve and Gareth are the co-hosts, and at times we're joined by other people and other guests to join the conversation. We'll also have listener questions as well to help us think and share from a different perspective or people's different experiences. And we'd love you to join the Everyday Being community and see how being can change things for you. Hello, welcome back and welcome to season two of Everyday Being. Uh, we are so delighted that you are you're here with us. Um, if uh, if you're returning after listening to series uh, one, uh, it's great to have you back. Uh, maybe you're brand new and you've come straight into us here. You are more than more than welcome. Uh, hopefully, you will find benefit from listening to us and spending time with us today. Uh, I am, as ever, once uh, once again, totally delighted to be joined uh, by the wonderful Steve. Steve, how have you been since we were last together? Uh, very good. Yeah, no, very good. Thanks, Gareth. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> life seems to be going very well at the moment. Uh, doing a bit more in-person things, which is which is quite interesting, <clears throat> as well as doing virtual. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, uh, you know, how that balance works out over time. How about you? How's life with you? Yeah, everything everything is good. Um, uh, um, and, and maybe in the in the conversation today, maybe maybe it will come on up. I had I had a funny sort of odd weekend uh, where I got a little bit stuck in my head about something uh, and really sort of saw how being being was played out. So uh, let's see see where we get to and see if that's yeah. something that's that's pertinent <laughs> uh, or it might not be. <laughs> but uh, no, genuinely, I'm really I am really good. Uh, so. Yeah. Um, Everyday Being is our series uh, where we're trying to bring to life how an understanding and an application of what we call being can have such a significant impact on our wellness and our happiness and just our mental health in, in general. Um, we, in this in this second series, uh, we've got some things that are uh, as they were in series series one. So hopefully that is uh, comfortable and you will be used to some of our approaches. Uh, but we've also got some some new things as as well. So what are some of those new things? Uh, hopefully you will have heard already that we've added a uh, theme tune to the to the podcast. So uh, so we're really pleased with uh, what that that sounds like, and a massive uh, thank you to Rob for doing that for us. Um, uh, secondly, whilst we've been away, we've been doing some blogging. So at least you had some words from Stephen and I. So uh, that uh, blogger site of everyday being is now there and available. Uh, 
Um, also, what's new, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, you may or may not see that we've developed our branding and our identity. Uh, and one of the ways that's coming to life is through our own website, which is everydaybeing.co.uk. Uh, if you're really quick to this podcast, you might be a little bit further uh, ahead than, than we'd planned. Uh, we uh, we had hoped that Series 2 would align with some of these new things, but uh, actually we were just too excited to get more content content out <laughs> so we haven't got around to sorting those things out but i promise you they are in train and they're in progress um the other thing as well that we are super excited about with season two is that we will have guests come and join us uh, and change the conversation and think about what being means to them and how it plays out to them. So as we always said uh, in series one, we wanted other voices and we're delighted that two people are going to come and join us across this series. So though, so that's going to be great. And we're really looking forward to, to that. So those are some of the new things. Uh, what are the things that are staying exactly as they were previously? Well, pleased to say Steve and I are going to, to be here. Uh, we are going to operate with a similar format as we have previously. So we're going to look at a, a topic or a phrase and think about how that plays out in simple, plain, everyday ways so that we can relate to. So really thinking about what, what is being and, and how can we relate to it and how what impact can it have we will once again bring listener questions in um and if you've got a question for us you can get in touch in the same ways uh, as we did previously you can get in touch via our email address which is hello at everydaybeing.co.uk or you can get in touch via instagram which is everyday.being as you'll all remember that somebody else has got everyday being that we can't hunt down and find out exactly who they are uh so Many things, as I said, are staying exactly as they were, but hopefully some extra additive things. Uh, so into today's episode. So today our topic is relationships. Um, and we are going to look at our relationships or relationships in general through a perspective of of being and see what what comes to us. So again, we'll start off with some some key messages or some things that sort of really resonate uh, with us, and then we'll we'll look at these relationships either in first hand experience from from our relationships or actually the relationships of people that we 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 come across. Uh, so that's by way of introduction. But Steve, do you want to take us into the content for our, our first episode of series two? Yeah. So I think we thought that relationships would be such a useful way to explore everyday being because um, they fundamentally teach you a lot about your everyday being, actually. I think interacting and living with other people um, is... Uh, you know, is is a huge opportunity for growth, actually. I think it's a huge opportunity for sort of understanding ourselves, how we're being in relation to the world, how we're being in relation to other people. Um, so I, I, I think often, you know, if I think about my own life, you know, in terms of my personal relationships, you know, raising three children, sort of working in the corporate world for 30-odd for years, you just realize when you think about those times when you that how, how you've understood and developed yourself 
you know, invariably it's in it's in relationship to to other people, in, both in a sort of personal sense and a sort of professional sense. Um, and I suppose the other thing was just the fact that you know we are social animals, so in a way, you know, part one of the reasons I guess human beings have have prospered to the degree to which we have as a sort of relatively weak animal, really, compared to animals, <laughs> you know, in the animal world, has been that ability to you know, live in community, to be able to sort of collaborate. And, um, and and that's enabled us to create many things that we've created. Um, I think you also see the flip side of that, that actually, you know, we can be very destructive in that, in that sense. And a lot of the conflicts in the, in, you know, that we experience in the world are to do with, um, sometimes our inability to uh to, to collaborate or see other people or connect to something that's much deeper than perhaps what we might see on the surface so hopefully one of the things we've explored as the everyday being is say well actually when you get sort of behind our experience when you get to that that awareness that being that presence there's something that's really unifying in that so I, I think in a very real way, as you understand a bit more about some of the things we've been exploring, where our experience comes from, um, uh, reflecting on who we're being, I think offers real opportunities for how we navigate differences, how we navigate conflicts, um, how we're able to live <clears throat> you know, with other people that perhaps might see the world in a different way, might have different beliefs. But, but is there a way of finding that common ground and being able to connect on that common ground? So I think that's some of the things we can explore today. You know, why are relationships important? What's a healthy way of viewing them? Um, what are some of the implications for how we're being in relationship with others? And, yeah, how we navigate some of those difficulties as well. Yeah. How about for you? Were there any particular sort of things that are on your mind around this topic um i was i guess i was thinking about probably the extremes a little bit uh, i was thinking about things in my life that i would think about are good good relationships and you know fantastic relationships in whatever whatever way um and then obviously I went to the exact opposite i think about okay what well, what is it about where i've got bad or non-existent relationships or relationships have broken down and I was trying to think as well about you know what have I what have I learned or what do I think about some of those things as as well um and uh, I was then sort of thinking about actually you know bringing up our book of law again about good bad right wrong and all those things and thought how interesting it was that I started to sort of put relationships in those two two categories and then actually it sort of you know made, made me think a little bit more about what what exists what what's in in the middle about okay well what you know why did those things ha happen and, and in many ways where was where, where was I where am I coming from and what was my state of being with those relation relationships and you know what did I either expect of those people or what do they expect and want from me 
you know how, how was i when i was with, with them and i was you know probably thinking about some of the bad relationships but equally you know actually continue to reiterate those those things that are important to me as well so so yeah so i guess in preparation i was just almost doing a mini quick review of some of the relationships that i have in in life and and uh, we'll come on to it in a, in a bit but i was almost then thinking about rather than relationships with people i was almost thinking about relationships to things Right. um uh so so actually rather that rather than i don't know a, you know a, a, a relationship with with a, a boss um i think we said about this before isn't it with we, most of us had bad bosses in our, our times and i was thinking about some some of those things but then actually i started then thinking about I wish, what's my relationship to work in general or work at, at times um and i thought then that was taking us a bit broader because i think you do as you've already sort of said actually you know we are social animals so therefore you, you know it is natural to think about how we interact with another person but then i started uh, i started to think about actually what what happens when it's not a person but it's a, a thing or a pastime or uh you know whatever it whatever and in this example i was thinking work and actually i was i was thinking that actually to some extent that, that that that's interesting about what's your state of being when it's not a person right. it seems a bit weird and abstract but hopefully when we give some examples we can bring that to life a little bit right. good i look forward to hearing that <laughs> <laughs> where you got to with your musings yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you when you were thinking about uh, relationships with the start with people with others was there anything that as you sort of reflected on, you know, when they uh, when they seem to work really well and obviously when they're more difficult, was there anything that sort of struck you as you sort of reflected on that at all? Yeah, I think I think the thing that I I noticed was it was my thinking in relationship to my expectations of of others. Mm. um and i think that to some extent uh there was more examples where i developed poor relationships because i wanted people to be a certain way or or to do certain things or act or or whatever or, or actually when maybe there wasn't expectations but i didn't think that the way that they had acted or behaved was come back to our book of law was was right or or wrong so um i i was i was i was conscious of the theme of expectations and then that developing i don't know thoughts of frustration or anger or disappointment or um i don't know disconnection at, at, at times as 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 well um and probably then, I, you know, I, where was I coming from in those moments? Actually, I was probably coming from a pretty negative place about that that relationship, and then probably was not. There's no probably about it, but was looking toward things that almost reinforced that negative um, place I was I was coming from, and I think that sort of deepened that the the the, the I don't know the the worsening of of the relationship because i kept 
going well they don't do they don't do those things or they always do those things and they're really annoying and 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 when they when they would do it you'd go see see the look they're doing they're doing that mm. they're doing that that just reinforces that actually they're not right or you know they're, they're annoying or you don't want to be with them or whatever so so i you know I, it was that sense of uh, sense of being and clearly you know at, at that time I, I wouldn't say that i had any kind of language or awareness of being but now i can look back and and say that that well, I was I was coming from a place of negativity about that relationship and everything that I viewed reinforced that that negativity. Mm. Um, and then I think to some extent, the when I when I think I'm in the best relationships or in the moments of of really powerful relationships, I do think that that there just is not an expectation of of what that person will do or or behave and i'm coming from a pure freer clearer place um i know in series one we talked uh, quite a bit about that sort of expectation we have with partners and actually when when we're coming from a place of lower expectation to, or even no expectation it just becomes so much more powerful and deepens the 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 way that we think and feel and act with one another because of what we're being and where where we're coming from so so it was just it was just a reminder i guess when there is that lack of i don't know a set way or a lack of an outcome that becomes really positive and become free in and also the uh, an example from the other end that i think reinforces that that when you're coming from such a place of expectation and and clearly in my my example it's uh it's a negative place it just reinforces and and make and makes things worse mm. um so so i guess what i'm saying is the the power of being being in the moment not the expectation and actually an example of when you're in a negative space how these things can be found and reinforced yeah i think it's really interesting that that was i was having a conversation with someone today and that was exactly the theme one of the themes we were talking oh, really? about is the <clears throat> what he was noticing was situations where he gets really angry and frustrated and then sort of feels he's not being who he wants to be when he looks at what's the theme of that it's that that it's the expectation it's the expectation of something he had in his own mind that then doesn't get fulfilled so then the reality is it odds with the with the expectation because if you think of it if you're ever angry or frustrated it must be something to do with the thinking you have about that situation or else you, yeah. you wouldn't be frustrated so um so it was really interesting we we were sort of exploring that and one of the things i was saying is you know how often do you do you turn that expectation into an agreement so i think that there's a nice distinction between expectations and agreement and you know he was very honestly saying no a lot of the time the i have this thing in my own head of the way I think something's going to be, both in his sort of personal life to do a family, but also then sometimes in a work setting. And and then the frustration comes when things don't quite play out in the way that that he was expecting it to. Um, and then at that point, it's quite difficult 
to to catch because you know like for all of us once we start to get that frustration and anger it's very it, we you know in a way then we're in such a low state of mind and we get overtaken by the emotion of it all it's quite sort of difficult to sort of catch it sometimes um mm. so i think often yeah you know thinking how do i turn expectations into agreements because if you have an agreement with someone it's a much more adult thing to have anyway because you're having a conversation about you know what we're going to do or how we're going to work together or whatever the, the context might be and then if it doesn't if someone doesn't hold on their side of that agreement you can have a conversation about it mm. but probably it doesn't quite have the emotion in it because you you can have an upfront honest conversation that doesn't necessarily have to get into conflict it's just let's understand what's gone on here you know what why we haven't been able to to, to stick to the agreement that we made mm. with each other and i suppose with the everyday being sense is that the the most important commitment is the commitment to yourself you know the commitment to who you want to be and um and sort of carrying that forward and then having open honest conversations with people from that perspective mm. it's funny the uh the, the example i alluded to at the, the start was uh over over the weekend I, I got myself a little bit into my own head about some really um <laughs> this is gonna be super embarrassing to even tell this story now but i was i was really kind of upset and grumpy about some something and it completely was about me in my own head and my own expectations of 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 uh well of of katie in this in this situation and you know i was even um when i was in this sort of like state of i don't know unfairness and injustice and and grumpiness i was sort of i was thinking about our conversations and i was sort of having this internal sort of uh dialogue with a monologue with myself going now you know you got to remember where you're coming from we have what's your relationship with all these things and but i couldn't i couldn't bloody shift it it just absolutely sort of deepened it but the thing the thing that sort of caused it was i felt that over um a couple of standard saturday morning jobs <laughs> i don't know if you sort of like this in in your house of sort of b busy week therefore you know catching up with with different things um and and i just felt like i was uh, katie was sort of criticizing uh, me so one of the random examples was um uh we've um we, we just, uh, probably not the time time of year for this but randomly we planted some um some new um trees and do you plant a plant i guess you must plant a plant anyway we were planting that out there of course it's been you know cold so we weren't you know we haven't watered it as much so so i was trying to water it to make sure we hadn't blooming put these things in and and, and they end up dying um and and we kept putting it off and kept putting it off anyway i was sort of do it doing that and the first thing that i heard katie say to me was don't do it like that do it like this <laughs> and i was like hang on a minute i've I'm blooming doing this job 
that we kept saying we haven't done it and I've remembered it and we're doing it. I mean, I want, I, you know, I, why don't you just say thanks for doing that job? Or well, well, why are you not giving me that sort of re recognition? You should be giving me that sort of good, good job. And actually, when we sort of argued and fell out about it um, about a couple of hours later, because I stewed on it for ages, actually, one of the brilliant things she said was, I did say thank you. I did say well done. You just had your earphones in and you just didn't. You didn't hear it, um, um, which you know, like I, I thought, you know, was was brilliantly funny. Actually, whilst it is hugely practical, isn't it? There's a wonderful analogy there about what we don't hear and what we do hear and what we sort of go after as our mm. our energy. Um, mm. And there was another job that I felt that she was, you know, she was critical of 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 me. But but it was, you know, I guess um, as much as I was. Um, I don't know, having a conversation with myself about, yeah, but those are your expectations that Katie should do that or she should be in that that way. And and uh, but then I was also, yeah, but it, you know, it, it surely I sh it's fine for me to be, you know, expect that to to happen. <laughs> so you know, despite the conversations that we've had and what we're sort of sharing with other people, you can see, you know, in in those in those moments that it doesn't matter what what you sort of you know, we know and what we've experienced, what we're learning through through our understanding of being, you can just get stuck in your your head and, you know, I felt kind of I don't know, hurt and you know, over bloody water and watering plants. I mean, how freaking ridiculous is is, is that? Um but yeah, it was just it just it just sort of you know came out and came you know that that's the way it sort of you know played out. So not a not a ridiculous massive problem by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, watering plants actually you know was where I was coming from, and for whatever reason it was I was in a low mood and couldn't couldn't you know couldn't yeah. shift it. Now you know. I'm, I'm ple you know, pleased to see every <laughs> pleased to say everything's totally fine and you know it, it wouldn't be that but and you know and, and actually you know one of the things I suppose I learned from it was when I came out of that you know I don't know mood is it a mood I don't know um actually you know I've pretty clear and pretty quick to sort of you know apologize to Katie and say that that's you know I, I was in my head and those were my ex expectations really so um i'm not saying that's what others should should do at all or anything but um yeah yeah i guess i guess it was it sort of struck me as just a neat example of today about how how where you're coming from how that impacts on, on our relationships and also the, the 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 being and where where we're coming from in those moments and some low moods yeah and i <clears throat> i think it's a good example where you know, when you find yourself in a low mood, which everyone will, you you can't argue yourself out of it. Mm. You know, because it's the thinking that we've got that's created the low mood. And we might and a lot of that thinking is not necessarily conscious thinking, you know, so much of it is completely unconscious. Often I think when we have an expectation of something, you know, it's not like we've sat down and carefully crafted it. It's just occurred very naturally without us even realizing. And it's often not until we experience the low mood that we <laughs> recognize there's some thinking behind it that is probably not very helpful. But at that point, it's very hard to see that because the, the relationship is so direct between our state of mind and the quality of thinking we have available to us. 
And it's a good example where even if you've got some understanding of that, you there's a temptation, and I certainly fell into this and still get caught by it, where you think, well, that's it then. I won't get caught by that again. Yeah. It's yeah. Like it's like, no, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It's almost like you I think in a very real way, it's a recognition that you cannot you cannot you cannot defeat a low state of mind and feel like you won that battle or you've won the war. Sorry. It would be that you are going to experience low states of mind. That's the nature of life. And I think sometimes that's a good example of don't feel like as you get more of an understanding of that, that then you won't get caught. It's just saying, no, you will, because that's that's the nature of life. You'll have challenges, difficulties. And let's be honest, if relationships are a good example, you know, where there's all sorts of things that people can wind each other up over. Um, you know, if you live with someone long enough, you're gonna find there's gonna be all sorts of things that are gonna be struggles and difficulties. So it's yes. not about trying to play that perfectly. It's just, you know, hopefully as you get more of an understanding, those those dips <laughs> don't last, they don't last too long. But what mm -hmm. I think is also interesting just on that point is that quite often I find in my, um, you know, in the coaching work I do with people, you can really, it's so interesting. Sometimes you'll get something big that blows up that causes a real problem or difficulty for someone. That that's very rare. You know, 90 plus percent are just minor things that just accumulate wow. over time. Minor frustrations, mm. difficulties, expectations, frustrations that that just chip away slowly without the person even often realizing it because they feel so minor, but not realizing it's the accumulation of those. So in a way, I think a lot of the things we've talked about is not to say, so you never have those minor things, but it's just, can you understand them enough so you don't allow them to stack and accumulate? Because it's the stacking and accumulation that becomes the real, the real problem. Mm. And I think there was there was a really interesting, but it's a really really old book and it's really outdated now. But it was um, it was called The Intimate Enemy, and it was a book by a guy called George okay. Back. He's a he was a doctor, I think. And it was back in the I, I'm not even sure when it was the 60s and 70s, 60s okay. or 70s. So it's sort of very old. But there was really there's lots of really interesting stuff in there, but well, one of them that I think is a really powerful one is that he said it's almost like um, the people that used to sort of ride the hitch rides on the trains in America, apparently in the, oh, yeah. in the sort of 50s and 60s, they would have a gunny sack and they would have this sack and they'd have a stick that they have it on and in the gunny sack was all their possessions that's where they sort of stored like, their like possessions. dick whittington type thing yeah that type of thing yeah and apparently yeah. that was called a gunny sack right and he said in relationships what happens is that we all have an invisible gunny sack okay and what happens is like your example with katie 
the the danger is that you know she says something or doesn't say something or whatever and you take a little bit of an offense at it and think well that was you know a bit off and what whatever and you just put it in your sack and um as any slights or issues you can put another thing in your gunny sack now if you don't clear it away eventually that gunny sack starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and <clears throat> eventually something will happen which is always minor a minor thing will happen and you see this in work as well as in personal relationships and the person says one thing and that one thing is the trigger for the other person to empty the whole sack on that person <laughs> in one go. <laughs> and you sort of see it because someone will say, I said one thing and <laughs> he just exploded or she just exploded, whatever. And on often all the things and last week when you did so and so and the other and last month when this happened, and suddenly you get this whole cascade of, of uh, slights, frustrations, and so on. And the per of course, it feels really unfair because for the individual that's on the receiving end, it's like, well, I, I just said one thing, you know, and this person just exploded. And it's like, well, no, it's, be it's because of the it's because of the gunny sack. It's the it's the accumulation. So the trick is to clear it away and you either clear it away yourself by just going oh that was just me I was in a low mood I was just taking it personally it wasn't meant like that and you can literally it's like clearing the slate you can almost just go okay when you're in a you know when you're in a, a better state of mind you can just clear it or you clear it and, away and with, you the, with the other person you know you go to the other person and say look can I just check you know when you when you said that we're what 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 was going on for you in that and the person you know might say oh no I was just doing so and so or or they might say something and say well actually yeah I have been feeling a slight sense of something and you think all oh, right okay that's really useful to understand so you can sort of clear you can clear the gunny sack in in those two in those two different ways but I've certainly seen I'm I'm dealing with a situation at the moment with some people and you can really see over a few years in a work context how that has, has built up. And then the the outcome has been quite sort of really quite difficult for, for, for uh, all the people involved. But it's really difficult to deal with because it's it's a it's an accumulation of minor things over several years. And when you look back over them, they all feel like so minor. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And could and and could we have done anything about it? And it's like, well, the the the, the value of understanding the gunny sack is, yeah, if you understand that and you realise that's what's going on, that's when you can start to sort of clear it away. Because after something's happened, it's quite difficult then because everyone feels aggrieved, and once someone's accumulates a gunny sack is like their heart closes down so that they, they have a, like a heart mm. constriction and as soon as you have a heart constriction then your mind closes down you know and people probably know that in work you know someone they find really quite difficult if they they're walking on a corridor and they see that person you know coming around the corner 
they can always feel their heart just go uh, uh, and you know, can, <laughs> yeah. can they can they turn the other way or can you know and you because you notice that your heart constricts as soon as your heart constricts your state of mind drops and then it's very difficult to deal with someone as they really are you're dealing with them as you see them as you experience that, i mean that that point there you, i think you're interested talking about the interaction between physical and and what goes on in your head in your mind what comes what comes first i think though I, I don't know i think they're interrelated so that um i think very often it's really useful to tune into your heart actually because your heart is 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 unambiguous actually it won't lie you in a way your feelings won't lie to you so if you feel that that almost you can feel that physical tightness or you just feel your feeling towards someone is is as a sort of negative feeling that is giving you a really honest it's a really honest barometer of your state of mind and your thinking in relation to the other person and it and but in that in that would you you say that actually is not is it not coming from your thinking in the first instance is it well, not I, coming I, from the subconscious I, I think they're they're almost like it's the flip side of the same coin so i i think the the feeling and the thinking are so interrelated that they're in effect just different expressions of the same of the same energy it's mm. just the feeling we feel and the thinking we think and <clears throat> it's really useful i think because the thinking we can create all sorts of nice scenarios in our head like with you or with kate i'm not saying you did this gareth but you can just go yeah and that you know if she's a loving wife then she shouldn't say things like that and she should be more you know da, da, da. you know we create oh no i can no i can absolutely promise you there was lots of stuff that i was piling on top of the yeah, uh, criticism so of how well i'm watering some plants <laughs> yeah so our, our thinking will justify uh will exaggerate will delete like you did you delete certain things and generalize other things you know we, we, we've got all sorts of ways that our thinking will um distort what's really happening whereas our feelings sort of won't really they just they just tell it as it is if you're feeling angry it's like yeah you've definitely got angry thinking you know if you're feeling upset yeah you've definitely got upset feeling if you're feeling frustrated yeah you're definitely got probably some expectations here that are not being met that's why you're so it is such a useful thing to tune into so I think tuning into your heart, tuning into the feeling is, it, it you know, is a shortcut in a sense. And it's it's very honest. It's a completely honest um, filter of what your experience is at that moment in time. And how much should you trust it? Well, to be honest, if I get a negative feeling, I always trust I always trust the fact that it's it's telling me about the quality of my thinking and the quality of my state of mind. And and sometimes you you know I think you can get an instant insight into what's behind that. But quite often not 
and so it, it I the way I take it is just the it's a it's um <clears throat> a useful um reminder to not not overthink it not do more than you need to do in this situation not to have a difficult conversation you know a tricky conversation with someone from that feeling because i think we're incredibly sensitive to to what the feeling is behind any conversation so quite often mm. for example if i've been asked to give feedback to someone and i can feel i've got a strong negative feeling of about that person for some reason my my experience has been not to then provide the feedback is just to wait just to wait until i feel like i'm in a better place so that any feedback i provide is coming from the right feeling is coming from a positive intention towards the other person mm. so i think often in relationships you know um getting the right intention I think is really important because if as long as if your intention is right towards the other person or to the situation then you're on pretty safe ground you know in terms of what what and how you you're going to approach the the situation but I've always found whenever sometimes you know people say oh can I just talk you through a, a situation I've got with with a person I just want to talk through what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it and they've often really crafted it really they've often spent a lot of time on it actually they've really crafted it very carefully and da, 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 da. and and i'll always say to them okay now i hear all that but what's what's your intention and they go well you know i want to make sure that i'm getting the message across in the right way i said no oh, no no i get i get that but what's your real intention and you should have to ask it a few times because they'll dance around i said okay what do you really feel about them then what's the real feeling you've got and then quite often it's well I've been sort of dumped with this and it's been left to me to sign. <laughs> it's like right there you are that's the issue <laughs> yeah. and and that if you don't get that right you can craft it till the cows come home and the person will react to the feeling whereas what's really interesting is if you help the person sort of clip sort of almost in a way clean that up get get clear about what's to do with them what's to do with uh, what's causing their negative feeling towards the other person and then the issue itself because there might be an issue that needs to be resolved but once you almost disentangle those two things you disentangle what's going on for the individual in relationship and then what's the issue and get those two so that the intention is then positive towards the other person you, you invariably find then you don't have to get so accurate with what and how you say things you can actually stumble over your words a bit because people realize if you're coming from a good place they're less sensitive to the words that that you use so in a way you have to use less you have to put less effort into that um, and I think just related to that, sometimes if there's a difficulty in the relationship and there's some feedback that you've got, you've got to separate them out. So sometimes don't try and heal a relationship through feedback. <laughs> it's yeah. sometimes you have to repair the relationship, get the goodwill back in the relationship, and then 
and then you can have a more open conversation and perhaps sort of give feedback so it's you know it's not well it's not what, what sort of what sort of strikes me in that example is is the the the, the doing was giving feedback about what it might be but actually that the being and where that individual was coming from actually was tainted by the sense of injustice and being dumped dumped on and it not being being fair so what you suspect would have played out or even did uh, in that situation would would have come from a, a negative place because the, the the sense of being was coming from there and I think we've we've talked a lot about being and, and doing and based on the feedback we're getting from people as they listen to the podcast, that is something that actually they can see a difference and see the examples where they are doing things, but knowing actually where where they're coming from, where their state of being is actually is uh, is, is 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 different or is really influencing that that doing so uh, for me i think that's a, that's kind of like a nice example of where uh, uh doing and, and what we can almost justify to ourselves that this is this is good and it's structured and it's well thought through i think you, you sort of said you know it, it, but actually at the heart of it, it is being influenced by a by a different mindset yeah yeah that's yeah, and it goes back to what I think you said earlier about expectations. It's, you know, the more you can not have needs and expectations of other people, but that you can, that because they, I think they get in the way of the closeness. They, it becomes relationships become conditional. So you're, the feeling you have the the love the connection whatever is going to be you know expectations and needs of other people take away from that they that can't be it can't be unconditional whereas when you're unconditional you can be completely um uh, open with someone you can be really connected to them really present with them really in your your, your sort of state of being and from that place, you, you can have more open, honest conversations about stuff to do with, I don't, you know, how you're working together or how you're in partnership with each other, whatever it might be. It doesn't mean that you can't then have some tricky, open, honest, challenging conversations, but it comes from a completely different feeling. And that that's that's the key really it goes back to then you can have more conversations about agreements about how you're going to be how you're going to work together or what fairness looks like in a relationship whatever whatever however whatever it might look like but yeah i mean i was saying to someone the other week you know with with val my wife you know that as our as our needs of each other have reduced our sort of closeness and our love has, has increased. And she was saying, God, you, you'd expect that to be the other way. And I said, no, it's really interesting that actually there is a real truth to that because then you're not relying on the other person for your happiness. You're much more in, how do I want to be in relationship to them? It's much more than, and it's like, well, that is completely in your control. It's completely in your control is, how you choose to show up 
and how you choose to be. And <clears throat> there's a freedom in that for the other person. And of course, if you get that, then you tend to get goodwill and goodwill is the currency of a relationship. You know, if you've got lots of goodwill towards each other, you tend to be more considerate. You tend to be more generous. You tend to be more thoughtful about what the other person likes or values or, you know, experiences positively. So in a way you, you're, it frees up the relationship. And how do you, I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about goodwill feels like it's, it's, it's something that is either in my mind, it's something that's created that, you know, you come to a relationship with, with not an expectation on an understanding of the, of the person. And therefore you need to have some type of time or experience or understanding with them actually to create and generate goodwill, probably, you know, perceived wisdom is that goodwill is created is almost like a snowball effect, isn't it? To some, to some extent, um, but is that is that the case? Is that where we should be? Actually, should you know? Do should we you know? Are, are we saying actually goodwill is almost like a a perma state that that clarity and and understanding and being in the moment actually we work well, almost our default position is goodwill. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was thinking if you if you drive on the road, is there goodwill between? other drivers because you could say well you know not always <laughs> not so drunk. yeah yeah but, yeah but if you think about it you know the majority of the time a fairly high percentage of the time people are respectful of each other i mean you you drive you know i drive down a road there's a car coming the other way well i trust that car is not going to cross that cross over and smash into me and kill me um you you can see that generally people follow the rules of the road you know to a greater or lesser extent but if you think of it there's a lot of the time where you know we we like trust we trust other drivers we trust you know if i um you know, if I go in and into a shop and I get, take my credit card and I pay for something, then is there goodwill in that? Well, there isn't really, because I'm trusting that they are only going to take the amount of money that I'm, you know, that, that they're charging me. And they're trusting that, you know, my credit card is valid and, and will pay. So I think often there's more things that like with trust and goodwill, you know, I was talking to someone last week on a program I was running. I said, you know, in my best, when I'm at my best, I can walk, I can walk down a path and feel the love of the path. I can feel that that path is, 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 is supporting me in wherever I'm going and it expects nothing from me. As I walk past the trees, I can say those trees are taking, what do they take? Carbon dioxide out of the air and and, and produce oxygen that we then that we then breathe. Now, as far as I know, those trees have no expectation of me. 
They are just being. And you know, it's really interesting. You you know, whenever I'm sometimes when I'm out, it's easier to do that when you're in a sort of best, uh, you know, nice frame yeah, of mind. Yeah. But you just realize, God, how much I walk on a pavement. This this pavement is it's love. It's it's supporting my every my every step. It enables me to get to somewhere I want to get to. So I I don't know. You know, sometimes I think when you look at life and the amount of things that support us in doing the things that we do, you could say, well, that that's love because it's it's with no expectation. So, yeah, I go back to your question. I would suggest that. That I think goodwill. When we're connected to our being. We naturally have goodwill towards other towards other people i think you know when we're coming from being where we see the we see much more of the connection we have with other people and when we have problems and difficulties and frustrations it i think it comes more from when we think we're a separate self it's about the the ego and the insecurity of the ego you know when we feel we're an isolated self there's an insecurity and a fear and the way you deal with fear and insecurity is you know holding on to things being aggressive to other people you know you could make a very strong argument say that that sense of that we're a separate self is the cause of of all of our problems and difficulties the one we don't have that and we feel more of that connection to life connection by definition than that connection to other people then you know the differences that we have you know i always think you know complementary versus incompatible it's like well they're the same thing you know when people say yeah we, we're just not we we're 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 breaking oh up. yeah it's yes you know, yes yeah because yeah. We're, we're we're just incompatible <laughs> you know and it's like yeah, how long have you been together? Uh, well, you know, been together 10 years or whatever. And it's like, oh, right, okay. What what sort of got you together? Well, you know, because we, we were quite different in the way that we looked <laughs> at things and um, and that worked really well for us. Oh, that was like complimentary. Yeah, yeah, you know, that worked. And it's like, well, complimentary and incompatible are exactly the same. They are literally flip sides of the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And what when when a relationship gets into problems you know not always because sometimes people do just naturally grow apart so I, but but quite often it's because the differences that were the very thing that was the source of the the strength of the relationship if the goodwill goes out of it you know more conversations like you were describing earlier Gareth you know more conversations that are being had between the couple in a negative frame of mind that just can accumulate over time then suddenly you'll notice the goodwill disappears a bit and the feeling of incompatibility then suddenly becomes more of a feeling and of course if you engage with that thinking it becomes a reality so it becomes a reality yeah we're just we're just incompatible not realizing no it's the it's the loss of the goodwill it's the having conversations from a lower state of mind that have just accumulated 
and sort of built over, you know, built over time. I'm conscious, Steve, we've been talking for coming up to about an hour now. Mm. Um, is there anything that as we prepared for this that you wanted to share that perhaps we haven't covered or, or anything else that sort of has presented itself as we've spoken? No, I mean, the other, the only other thing I sort of wrote down, which I, I, I it always struck me, and I can't even remember where, where I first sort of came across this, really, but it's this sense that reality is a shared phenomenon. So I think partly why relationships are really important. I think we probably saw this a bit with lockdown. So for some people with lockdown, particularly if they lived on their own, mm. you could you could see... The, the sense of the isolation. So there's something about, I think often when we're living in high degrees of well-being, there is something about our connection to other people that's that's a positive aspect of that. So I think that's partly maybe in our DNA in a way because of you know that ability we've had to live with other people and be in community and that in a way is what's enabled us to create all the things that we've created. But I think the, the other thing I notice is that I think when you're interacting with other people, they act as a as a, a a mirror of your own sense of reality. So often when we're in our own minds, the way we see life, the way we see the world, we're, it's sort of like an echo chamber, really. You can just get caught in that. And that's why sometimes, you know, you can we can sort of um, dig ourselves into quite a negative state, particularly if we're a bit anxious or a bit stressed or so on. And it seems to me that part of the value then when we talk to other people is that that helps we're, we're, we're sharing our thinking with others, which slows it down, which I think is a real advantage. Plus also, you know, they can often reflect it back to us or challenge us or ask some questions so and it helps us just to get our sense of yeah am, am i seeing life you know in an objective way I, I am i seeing more of my own expectations or my own judgments and i sort of noticed it like with my nan you know she passed away many years ago now but you could sort of see that she'd lived on her own for for, for many years just with a dog and when she could still interact with other people a lot and she used to go to the sort of bingo and she'd always do it shop it every day and you could feel that the interaction was really important part of her sort of keeping a good um, sense of reality and then as she got older and she became less uh, mobile you could see then gradually she just lost touch with that reality actually because she just wasn't getting so much of that social that social connection. So I think that's a sort of important part of recognizing that relationships and being in community with people, you know, plays a really valuable role, both in our mental health, our physical health, but also I think in just in terms of the way that we're seeing the world and the and the opportunity to sort of just um yeah, have have that shared phenomenon and a sort of an important part of the way that we then live our lives. Yeah. How about you? Was there anything anything else for you? Um, 
not on this. I was going to move us into a listener question, Steve, uh, which I think was, is well worth us just sort of add, adding in. So we have had a question from Alison. So Alison, thank you very much for getting in touch. She's going to take us in a slightly different direction, Steve, but I think you're going to like this question. She asks us, how do we think that time, and particularly she was given the indication of the lack of time, can affect our being and affect our mindset? Yeah. I mean, that's a question. <laughs> you could spend a lot of time... Uh, and the context is everything with that one, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think where 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 she was um coming from was, I guess, as um she was thinking about you know being a mum and being a, a a wife and and just with you know busy own business that there is always something going on and always something to to do and and she like many people feels very time poor uh and was was conscious of when she's in situations what is the extent that she is present and she's there and is she sort of does she create either boundaries or practices or, or, or and, and, and quite frankly that's probably you know an indication of some of the things we've alluded to that she needs to do something as opposed to you know be or where she where is she coming from but was was just conscious of actually that her and as her understanding of being grows that the the fact that she is just so busy can be a real barrier and blocker for her yeah yeah i mean i suppose what's interesting for me is that i mean i used to read the new scientist and everything a lot because i'm always interested in that sort of stuff and you guarantee every few months there'll be a an article about time, like some research that because scientists don't know what it is, <laughs> and it's so interesting. You know, they don't know what consciousness is, they don't know what time is, they don't know what the mind is. And I suppose what's interesting is because if you think of it, you only live your life in one place, which is now. So in a sense, you you the the time is a construct of the mind because thinking is never present. Thinking is always slightly behind or slightly ahead. Being is the only thing that's truly present. So in a in a in a sense, we only live our life now. And I think we said on one of the other yeah so maybe we said in the blog actually about you can't live yeah, your yes, life. There, yeah yeah you cannot live your life two seconds in the past two seconds it's like there's just the truth to that so i think often when when we feel like we're becoming overwhelmed with things then in a way you know we we have to sort of step back i suppose and think well you know how am i living my life because if I've only got now, if I've only got a series of nows, then if I can really see the truth of that, and this is where it comes, you have to sort of see it for yourself. Well, then, of course, it does have implications for the way that you're thinking about your life and the way that you're thinking about all the things that you might want to achieve in your life and all the responsibilities you might have. 
but really step back and think, okay, am I being the person I want to be? Because you can't, there's loads of research now that says you can't think two things at the same time. So the whole idea of multitasking, you know, I think has been debunked in the sense that all you're really doing is flick, flicking your attention from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. Very quickly. Says a man, by the way. <laughs> well, you can, you, can, you can do an experiment to see if you can think two things at the same time. And you'll realize that you you can't. So so you have to you have to come back to how present are you? And when you're not being present, what's happening? And you have to you have to inquire into is that helping you? So is wherever your time and attention is, wherever your mind is, is what that's focusing on and what you're thinking about, is that helping you in your moment-to-moment experience? So that is one that I think you have to do, that's right for a self-inquiry about my presence, my being, uh what what are the expectations i'm having of myself you know if i if someone's you know got like young children for example a busy life you know it's like you then have to be much more ruthless with yourself as to what you know what you're putting time and attention into what your expectations of yourself what judgments you're making of yourself you know i think that's what i would notice from people i've worked with that they don't realize that sometimes the you know the 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 beliefs the thoughts the expectations have just become agreements that's where the book of law comes in they, they because the book of law is just agreements that we've made with ourselves without realizing that we made that agreement right and so sometimes when one of the things i'll often get people to do is those moments where they feel frustrated you know situation where i feel i haven't got enough time and i'm it's all getting on top of me and da 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 is to really be with that feeling go back and be with that feeling and just connect to what's the thoughts what's the feelings that sit behind that and just sit and just sit with that and see what what emerges and and is there are there certain memories that come up from that sometimes and that often starts to highlight for people what sits what sits behind what thoughts what beliefs what expectations and judgments sit behind that so it starts to get into the book of law it starts to get into yeah what are the agreements you've made in your life without realizing it that have become a belief have become an expectation that that might be limiting you and that um, might be stopping you being more present to your moment-to-moment experience. 
Michael Neal, who we've uh, referenced previously, who wrote the Inside Out Revolution. He's got a lovely podcast series called Caffeine for the Soul. Uh, I think he goes by Super Coach as well, doesn't he? I think is his yeah. his website. Um, we, we've always admired his, I think his coaching methodology, where he says that he uh, he shows up, i.e., he makes sure that he is is absolutely present in that in that moment, um, and he sees what and sees what turns up what shows up so those yeah. sort of two steps to his conversation be present and then uh react to whatever it is that presents itself through through the experience of the, the conversation so so i think that's that's a lovely way to to answer that so alison we we hope that there is something in what we've said yeah in that well, that's that, probably a whole uh, pod, that's maybe a whole podcast episode actually because well do you know what, weirdly when it came through i did I did. I did think actually, should we just have an episode rather than a listener question? Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe that'll come back round. And Alison, if you're listening, if you want to even come and join us for that sort of conversation, Absolutely. you are more than welcome. So, look, I think it's uh, probably time to to wrap up today's uh, episode. So, uh, hopefully, there is something in there as we've talked about relationships and and think think it through the lens of everyday being that hopefully has been of use or has resonated. Um, if you've got any questions or comments, please, as ever, get in touch with the email address or send us something through uh, Instagram. We'd always love to to hear from you. Uh, we would also like your feedback and ratings through things like our Apple Podcasts and iTunes those things make an absolute difference um and please think about whether you can share uh this podcast with somebody that you think would be interested or could provide some help to that's what we're trying to do is to spread an understanding and an awareness to improve people's quality of well-being of their mental health and ultimately their happiness because we absolutely think that this can have such a profound effect as you've already heard today it is not a switch it is not something and then once you have the understanding, you will be forever free from moments of getting stuck in your head when you're watering plants on a Saturday morning. But hopefully, yeah, what it does demonstrate from from our conversations is that actually it can absolutely you know, have profound impacts. Steve, any last comments or, or questions no, at all? That's good. No, cool. That's good. All right. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for listening as ever. And we will see you on episode two of series two of Everyday Being. Take care. Thanks, everyone.